0: Church family this week we are going through Nehemiah chapter 6 and um, you call that the overarching uh, proposition or point that I want us to go over is to see and understand the works of the devil Um, we know that in uh, ever since the garden uh, the devil is always going to try to infiltrate uh, things of the Lord so that the people Uh, will be swayed from hearing God's word to hearing a lie. And um, that danger uh, is going to continue until Christ returns. And especially in our day and age when we, sometimes infiltration of a church doesn't even need to be in the physical building, but just through things like the media where it can infiltrate our minds through the speakers of our computers or phones, um, we need to be more cautious and careful about what, we hear, or what we let into our hearts and mind, uh, we need to have uh, the Bible as our base, as our um, as uh, our our, for, our fortress, really to defend, uh, and our even our weapons. You know, our Scripture is the only uh, tool that we have that's uh, that we have against the lie of the devil. And uh, yesterday, I went through uh, the whole narrative of chapter six about how. There's different parties and different individuals that are trying to sway Nehemiah from working in the temple, or not the temple, the wall. And um, we see how the first one, the devil uses fear. We see this in verse 1 to 9. Again, I'm just going to kind of quickly review for those who may not remember. But in the beginning of chapter 6, it reads, Now when it was reported to Sanballat, Tobiah, and to Gershom, uh the the arab and to the rest of our enemies that i had rebuilt the wall and that no breach remained in it although at, t- at that time i had not set up the doors and the gates then sanballat and Geshem sent a message a message to me saying come let us meet together at chair in the plain of ono um ono uh but they were planning to harm me and i kind of like as i read through this i think it's funny because they're trying to meet this place called ono and uh Nehemiah's response is like, "Oh no, I'm not going to go with you because he has work to do." And again, verse four is so like they, they asked him to go four times, and he doesn't go. Uh, he just uh, he just ignores it. Um, and then when you jump down to um, t- uh, chapter uh, well, verse seven eight, they they were trying to like accuse Nehemiah of rebellion. They're trying to accuse him of things that uh, he's just trying to make a name for himself, trying to be king, um, but he's doing all of these things, or, he, or these enemies are claiming all of these, these things because the verse nine explains, for all of them were trying to frighten us, thinking they will come, become discouraged with the work and will not be done. But now, O God, strengthen my hands so uh, these enemies are making a lie they're trying to make them think that oh what you're doing is it's against the law and if you do then we're going to have to fine you guys we're going to have to go against you know you're going to have to face some sort of um outward persecution. And that's usually how the devil works. Uh, When you think about evangelism, when you think about, um, you know, extension ministry to the outside world, one of the things that you always often hear is that you can't say that, or that's hate speech. These are all ways in which it's supposed to strike fear in your hearts and minds so that you don't do what you're called to do. Um, And the devil uses that. The devil thrives on fear so that you can be ineffective in ministry. Um, And as you think about your life, as you think about what's going on in our world today, uh, we as Christians, we don't live in fear. Um, A.W. Tozer said this way, fear is that is that the flesh and panic is of the devil. Um, as Christians, we, we trust in the sovereignty and goodness of God. We know that we don't need to live in fear of anything, whether it's um, fear from the world, because we know Christ tells us, don't worry about those who persecute the body, um, and you know the you know the physical body, but worry about the the one that can destroy body and soul. Uh, so the only fear that we have is is to the Lord, not to the devil. The devil always come up with lies and deceptions to try and make the believer feel insecure. And essentially, that's what the devil likes to do to make the devil to make the people of God so afraid of what's going on that they are ineffective for things uh, for the kingdom of God. Uh, and Second uh, Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 6-7 says this, For this reason I remind you to, kind, to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying of, on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Again, this is Paul speaking to Timothy. This is his last letter to Timothy, and he's telling him, don't be afraid. Um, and then throughout this whole book, there's going to be he talks about how we need to suffer hardship for the name of Christ and that um, difficult times will come. But in light of every uh, persecution that's coming his way, uh, he tells Timothy to endure. And that's how it is for us as well. If we want to be effective in ministry, don't let the world uh, intimidate you. If you, you know, whether you're doing evangelism or counseling or this, even even ministry within the context of the church, don't let fear be, be the reason why you don't do what you do. I think sometimes when we think of even church discipline, uh, one of them, is a very unique doctrine in our church in relative to other churches that we do church discipline the way that we do. I think I've asked some of our elders, how many times have we done church uh, discipline like all the way through? And... Uh, they've you know there's, there's maybe like a handful of people that were church, uh, that were you know, kicked out of the church because of um, sin that they aren't willing to let go of um, but that kicking them out is not uh, some people refuse to do those church discipline because they fear that although they'll break their friendships with them or they, uh, people might get mad at them but you no, know, it's out of a love that we confront sin um, not fear of like being accepted or liked but because we fear the Lord, we care more about what God thinks than we do about our um, personal reputation. Uh, we wanna do what's pleasing to the Lord at our own expense because we know that the Lord is worthy of all things and the, the, the name of, of the Lord needs to be uh, needs to be honored. And sometimes that's is having those hard conversations. In fact, in the context of church discipline, there's three different types of church disciplines. There's one that I mentioned, Matthew 18, and there's also one that's mentioned in uh, 2 Timothy regarding um, those that are uh, causing division in the church. Uh, uh, So I think that's uh, 1 Timothy, uh, where uh, there's individuals who um, who are causing a division, like factions in the church. And it tells us that we need to make that we need to warn them once, and after uh, a second time, if they continue on uh, causing problems, sorry, not t- first and second, it's Titus. Titus chapter two, verse 10 it says this, rejected factious factus man after first and second warning, knowing that such a man is perverted and is sinning, being self-condemned um if you're afraid of doing of honoring the lord you might think to yourself well there's this person is divisive i'm not going to do anything i'm not going to do what's pleasing to the lord um, you're not honoring the lord in that way you need to not fear uh the lie of the devil you need to trust in the word of god um, and that's the second type of churches when like people that are um you know factious causing divisions in the church and then uh the most um, the terrifying one, where we kind of like bypass all four, or the second one is false teachers. Any false teachers that come in, uh, we're just called to just get rid of them right away. If they're trying to teach like the Bible is not sufficient, or Jesus Christ is not Lord, and they're teachers in, in those areas, we just get rid of them. Uh, and, and it's because of the, the degree of severity. Uh, the, I think generally for all of us, we're in that first category, where you know the first step of Matthew eighteen is that we confront each other on each other's sin. Um, again, we do it not we we do it because we love them. Um, and we do it because, uh, or we don't not do it, or we don't, we don't, we, we, we don't not do it because of fear of individuals in the church, but we do it because we love them and we want them to know what God's word has to say. We're all, generally the church is in that area, but you can't do church discipline if you fear um, If you fear the lies of the devil, the devil might say things like, oh, if you do church discipline in any shape or form, that's unloving. Or if you do any type of ministry that involves what the Bible has to say, then that's unloving or that's unkind to your neighbor or whatever it may be. Don't let the lies of the devil stunt you from doing things that are pleasing to the Lord. I think in that first part in Nehemiah chapter 6, we see that. He was an individual that wasn't afraid. He, they were making up lies about him and on the people, and he just he just kept going. He said that at the end of verse nine of Nehemiah six, it says, "For all of them were trying to frighten us, thinking they will come that we, that thinking they will become discouraged, will work, and it will not be done. But now, God strengthened my hands." And we see that one way that you can overcome the lie of the devil as he uses fear against you is to ask the Lord to strengthen you, to give you the ability to be able to do all things for his glory. So that's the first step. How do we overcome um, the false teachers or the devils? The devil's like uh, methods, the first thing we need to do is uh, understand that the devil uses fear. Sometimes the devil will use things that are true and they may be fearful, but because of our love for the Lord, even the fear of the Lord, we choose to honor him in all that we do. So that's what we're going to look at. That's what we looked at today. And tomorrow we're going to look at how the devil uses quote unquote truth, or another way of saying it, the devil uses lies. Um, and as we, if we understand those things, if we understand who he is in these different areas, we would be able to, honor the Lord in the context of the ministry that we're in and the church that we're in um, while making sure that we don't uh, fall into the tricks and schemes of the devil. Uh, Thank you for listening and I hope you have a good day.